Blog Talk Radio. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. This is Mike Roth. I'm sitting here today with Greg Hardman, and welcome to Cincinnati uh, Business Talk. Thanks for joining us here today, Greg. Nice to be here. Good. Greg's got strong resume. Uh, he's president and CEO of the Christian Moorline uh, Brewing Company. Seems like you're always in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because we're working hard, doing our job. Right. I guess those those new beer tanks that, that are going in aren't in your brewery, and they're in the brewery next door for Sam Adams. Uh, actually, uh, we have new beer tanks going in ourselves, and uh, um, right up and over the Rhine at the uh, brand new Christian Moorline Brewing Company, which is the old Hussman Potato Chip Plant. Okay, that's great. You've, you're president and CEO of uh, Christian Moorline, which uh, you started in 2004. Yes, uh, we started the uh, Christian Moorline Brewing Company in 2004, but uh, prior to that, Christian Moorline's a brand that's been around Cincinnati since 1853, and mm-hmm. during the time of Prohibition in 1919, it was brought back as uh, one of the premier craft beers or pioneer craft beers of today's craft beer movement in 1981, and was the first American beer to pass the German purity law in 1984, and I... Uh, bought the company in uh, 2004. Okay, and you've decided to produce craft beers, and you've managed to collect all of the old Hustapool. uh, Yeah, the Hustapool. Hustapool, and you can tell I'm not from Cincinnati with my (laughs) accent. Shirling uh, Brewing Company beers, and you you have 100% of the old beers, or... Yeah, actually, uh, uh, when I bought the uh, uh, Christian Moorline brand, uh, we were given a uh, first right of refusal on all the other Cincinnati beer brands from the late, great Utapol Shaneling Brewing Company. And at that time, uh, I first bought Christian Moorline to return it to its craft brewing roots, Mm -hmm. uh, to open a brewery and over the Rhine. Uh, But along the way, uh, some miraculous thing happened where uh, kind of an accidental situation where I didn't realize that uh, all of the great uh, old Cincinnati breweries had a long lineage of uh, legacy in this town. Mm -hmm. And basically uh, what happened was is all the people that were with uh, uh, the Hootapole Brewing Company and the Shaneling Brewing Company and the Burger Brewing Company and the John Hauck Brewing Company and the Vindish Mühlhauser Brewing Company, they wanted me to bring back all the other Cincinnati beer brands. So at that point, uh, we... uh, uh, went out and started purchasing uh, all of the other remaining Cincinnati beer brands. So right now, uh, as of uh, 2008, when I closed on the Little King's Cream Ale brand, uh, we now own all the assets of the old, late, great, beautiful Shandling Brewing Company, which uh, just uh, 
17 years ago uh, was the top 10 brewer in the United States. Wow. So how many different uh, brands of beer are you currently offering? Well, right now uh, we offer uh, the, the full line of the uh, Christian Moorline Lagers and Ales, mm-hmm. uh, which encompasses uh, uh, six everyday beers uh, and uh, two rotating seasonals. Uh, currently, uh, uh, the seasonal that you'll find on the shelf in uh, uh, the Kroger's and the Myers and the, in, in the, in the Remke Biggs is the uh, Moorline Sangerfest uh, Maybach, which is a, uh, a tribute to Cincinnati's great uh, singing societies, and, and uh, all of our beers have stories to it. Uh, but our, our I thought it was for the choir games coming well, in. Well, actually, uh, Sangerfest uh, was started in uh, Cincinnati uh, in 1849. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we uh, uh, we have a great heritage of that, and uh, uh, we brewed it as a tribute to that. But uh, uh, in that the choir games are coming, it's very apropos. We uh, uh, obviously we would love to capitalize on that marketing opportunity uh, as well. But uh, uh, we also uh, have a beer called Moorline OTR, known as Over the Rhine Ale, mm-hmm. which is an early settlers ale. We have the Moorline Barbarossa, uh, which is a, a true German dunkel. Uh, we also have the Moorline Northern Liberties IPA. Well, uh, although I've been known to have a few beers, I've never heard of a beer that's called a Dunkel. Oh, a Dunkel, yeah, a German. Yeah, that's, a, that's a buzzword. I'm in the sales training business, Greg, and but we we stumble into a word that people who are outside of our industry won't know. We always say you have to explain it first before you use it. <laughs> Otherwise, people shut down. I, I, I might actually be explaining all day here then. <laughs> <laughs> well, we only have an hour. <laughs> but uh, the Dunkel is a uh, wonderful uh, product. It's a, it's a German dark lager. Uh, a lot of people equate it to a heavy beer, but truth be known, German Dunkels are not heavy beer. They're very uh, drinkable, low units of bitterness. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, I rather enjoy them on cool evenings, um, and, and as well as uh, uh, in the fall, very much. Good, good. So after getting your Christian Moorline uh, set up with all of the brands of beer, uh, you embarked on the idea of opening this uh, Christian Moorline Lager House and over the Rhine. Yes. Um, um, How many year project was that? Well. You know, I like to always think of it as uh, I've only had a career in the alcoholic beverage industry, particularly the beer business. And my uh, beverage career started uh, 32 years ago now uh, as a freshman at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. And uh, there's a a lot of truth to that. Uh, Athens is known as a... uh, uh, a really fun uh, uh, school, and uh, I've uh, heard that. We, yes, we, we, we've learned how to uh, uh, imbibe quite well there. And my uh, my career started there, and then after I graduated from college, I went to career planning and placement, and you know was looking for a job, and uh, lo and behold, uh, the local uh, uh, beer distributor in town hired me mm-hmm. uh, as a sales rep um, to. To uh, learn how to uh, uh, was this the Warsteiner? Oh no no that was the uh, uh, this was a, a company called uh, Litter Industries uh, and they owned a uh, beer distributorship uh, uh, out of uh, um, Lancaster Ohio and mm-hmm. serviced the Athens market and then we bought an Athens distributor and we named it Bobcat Beverage uh, and uh, uh, named it. But it wasn't spelled the same way as the OU Bobcats, but okay. it was uh, more of a Bobcat. Uh, the owner of the company was a guy by the name of Bob Litter, and 
we we always said it was named after Bob, but the uh, um, it was a very uh, a great time for me. Um, I was calling on the bars that I actually went to as a college student, so it was it was quite easy and a what lot. What could of fun. be better than that? Oh yeah, and then I ran into a place called uh, Hangar Five, uh, which uh, uh, it was a big bar in Athens, and and, and uh, they were. On a Thursday night in Athens, uh, that's quite a uh, party that goes on. They always say the weekend starts on Thursday night in Athens. And, mm. and, uh, uh, this one bar was not located uptown in Athens. They were located off the strip down by Lakeview Apartments in Palmer Street. Mm-hmm. And they uh, basically uh, started this uh, $0.25 cent beer night uh, with a brand of beer called Burger Beer, a Cincinnati Heritage mm-hmm. brand. Yep. And overnight, we sold... Um, a bundle of kegs. You know, I I always tell people it's 60 is the number. I can't remember what it was because it was so long ago, but it was an enormous amount of kegs. Mm -hmm. And the people in Cincinnati took notice and said, who's selling all the burger beer in Athens, Ohio? Mm -hmm. And uh, they invited me over to a ball game. Um, I get to meet the people at the Hootapole Brewing Company shortly thereafter. They merged with the Shaneling to create the Hootapole Shaneling. And I had a wonderful career down there and a Eventually, after being four years in college and almost another four years working at a local beer distributor, I decided that I was going to um, broaden my horizons and wanted to see the rest of America. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I uh, um, I uh, resigned as the uh, uh, general manager of the local beer distributor there. I was a young guy, and, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "What do you? why are you doing that? And I said, well, I want to go see the rest of the world. And, well, what are you going to do for a job? I said, I don't have a job. I, I I, I know that if I stay with this one, I'll do it the rest of my life, and and I and I want to go see the world. And and uh, I resigned at nine o'clock in the morning. They uh, dismissed me about eleven. Uh, got on the phone with a company called Varsteiner uh, uh, Importers Agency, a subsidiary of the Varsteiner Brauerei in Germany, about <laughs> one p.m. And I was hired at about one forty-five, all on the same day. Wow! And then I. Uh, well, that's uh, one way to see the world. Uh, you, you know, it, it, it was uh, it, it was adventuresome. Uh, it's not for most people, but uh, I, I had uh, great confidence in my skill set and who I was. And and then I went to go work for Varsteiner, and lo and behold, the local distributor of Varsteiner in Cincinnati was the Hootapole Brewing Company of all people, Whoa. who I had just sold all that burger beer uh, for. Yeah. And uh, then uh, I had so I had a great connection there. I saw them sell out, sell out the local distributorship to a Coors uh, distributor locally here. Mm -hmm. So with my own eyes, I actually saw Cincinnati's great beer institutions, which we we had a fantastic beer town with Utapole and Shaneling, and then Utapole Shaneling merged, and then, you know, I saw that uh, all fall by the wayside and sell to out-of-town owners and merge and saw a lot of people lose their job and and those type of things. Mm -hmm. So. It left an emotional impact on me, but uh, I had a great run at Barsteiner. I was there for 18 years. Mm. When uh, I came on with the company, there was uh, four of us, and uh, um, I had uh, 10 years uh, starting out as an account rep. Then I went to a regional sales manager. Then I went to a division manager. Then I went to director of sales at the East, then vice president of sales and marketing. And then uh, I, they they made me uh, president and CEO of the company in uh uh, 1996. That was with Varsteiner, and yeah. and uh, I had a really good eight-year run as the CEO of that company. Uh, won the Hot Brand Award, which in my industry, winning the Hot Brand Award is like winning the Super Bowl. 
and uh, we won the Hot Brand Award. Uh, I believe it was six out of eight years that I was the CEO, mm-hmm. including the year that I resigned. Uh, and I resigned to uh, um, bring back uh, Cincinnati's Grand Brewing traditions and all the great Cincinnati beer brands. And that's when I uh, purchased uh, Christian Moore Line, mm-hmm. and then uh, moved on from there. And uh, so. To answer your question, you asked me when I came up with this idea. Um, I came up with the idea to have a Christian Moorline logger house uh, all the way back in the late 80s. And I really? always felt that uh, uh, it was something that uh, it, that that I felt that uh, Cincinnati breweries in particular needed to do. Mm-hmm. And they needed to celebrate their heritage and their history. And it was authentic and it was something unique that only they could do in Cincinnati. They couldn't do it in any other place in America but in Cincinnati. So I always felt that, you know, that idea came about back then, but it really flourished into the Cincinnati brands um, when I decided that I was going to uh, bring them all back and they needed to be celebrated. And and, uh, that's what the Moorline Lager House is. The uh, Moorline Lager House is a tribute to Cincinnati's grand brewing traditions. Uh, not only do we carry every single Cincinnati beer brand that was ever brewed from Burger to uh, uh, to Little King's Cream Ale to, to Udipole to UD Delight to UD 14K to eight to 10 different more lines at any given time. Uh, we also have uh, a wide selection of other uh, guest beers from around the globe and up to 200 different styles of beer in the bottle there. So we have uh, quite an establishment uh, going on, uh, according to our information, um, we should be uh, the largest brew pub in the world right now. So really? It's, uh, it's so you're actually brewing on premise as well? We do brew on site down there. Uh, we have a, a 5,000 barrel uh, brewery on site, mm-hmm. uh, but we also uh, um, we also have the uh, our other brewery up and over the Rhine, about a mile and a half away. So okay. We're uh, you know, really exciting stuff for us right now. Exciting for Cincinnati, and uh, you know, our our, our whole uh, premise is uh, we wanted to return the grand brewing traditions that made Cincinnati a brewing mecca, and uh, we literally own uh, uh, the bulk of all the beer brands um, that that were the great Cincinnati beer brands, and we definitely celebrate them down at the Moorline Lager House, and uh, people are just raving about it. They they rave about the great quality of the food and the great quality of the beer. Uh, we have a fantastic brewmaster, and we're really excited to uh, bring all these great brands to these people. Good. If anyone is listening and they, they'd like to call in, our call-in number is uh, 646-595-4916. We're going to take a short break, uh, Greg, and we'll be uh, right back after uh, a couple of uh, short commercials. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits, and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. 
You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. Hi, I'm Rich Gorman with Sandler Rule Number 22. Only give a presentation for the kill. A skilled hunter knows how to track his prey cautiously and patiently and waits for the exact moment to fire his shot. He waits to make sure that his prized target is lined squarely in the crosshairs of his scope before pulling the trigger. As salespeople, our process should be very similar. We have a responsibility to make sure we know exactly what that prospect's needs and wants are and how our product or service can fulfill them. We also need to know exactly how much the prospect is willing to commit in terms of time, resources, and money to solving their problem. And we need to know the decision-making process that the prospect is going to go through in order to evaluate our product. And probably most importantly, we need to let the prospect know that we expect a decision at the end of our presentation. Only once we have a fully qualified prospect do we fire our kill shot and deliver the presentation. I'm Rich Gorman with Sandler Rule Number 22. Only give a presentation for the kill. This is Mike Roth. I'm back here with Greg Hartman. Uh, and Greg, I see that in 2011, you were uh, one of the top 35 new power players in Cincinnati, as designated by uh, Cincinnati Magazine. Uh, and you were awarded the ACG, it's an Association for Corporate Growth, uh, 2011 Dealmaker for, as Entrepreneur of the Year. Those are, those are quite wonderful honors. You know, I, I I really appreciate both of those uh, uh, honors. Um, it, it's kind of interesting because uh, at that time we were strictly just going over all of these wonderful uh, new concepts with the Moorline Logger House and expanding the brewery, and and a lot of folks uh, were really interested in the type of things that we were doing, and, and uh, it's quite an honor to return all these great Cincinnati beer brands as well as uh, being able to... Uh, receive recognition for it. So uh, those are great, uh, uh, two great uh, uh, awards uh, or recognitions, and uh, I really appreciate it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go much further, and if I don't forget, I've got to tell the folks who's going to be up with us next. Uh, next Thursday, on the 31st of May, we're going to have Jody Schmidt-Gosling. She's the president of Possible Worldwide Eastern Division. And uh, next Friday, a week from today, we're going to have Matt Van Sant, who is the uh, president and CEO of the Claremont County Chamber of Commerce. Uh, The following week, we're going to have Roger Roser, the CEO of the Eisen Agency. So we've got a a great list of people coming up. We're going to talk about uh, the positive side of doing business here in Cincinnati. Um, Let's see. Greg, you said you had a a story about New York. Well, you know, when I was a younger man than I am now, um, I used to, uh, as I was uh, growing through the ranks in my career, one of the things that uh, happened was I was appointed uh, 
uh, a uh, uh, vice president of sales of the Eastern Division of the United States for uh, Varsteiner. Oh, okay. And uh, at Varsteiner, they, uh, um, at that time, we were opening up a lot of new markets, and we went into New York City. And while we went into New York City, it is an incredible tough market. I mean, it, it, it's uh, you, you need to have your elevator speech down to 30 seconds there in order to get people's attention because everybody's on the go, and, and it's cut to the chase, tell me what you need. And, and uh, one of the things that uh, we were having a hard time was cutting through to get new distribution in bars mm-hmm. in that city, and it was very, very tough. So They probably already had something called beer. They already had something called beer, and I need to give them a reason to drink my beer. So uh, along the way, uh, I was into a lot of great music and, and uh, love to uh, I, I love going to New York City, and it was so much fun. I used to fly in on a Sunday night and go down to the stage deli and uh, get my corned beef sandwich for dinner and mm-hmm. uh, catch up on all the football scores, uh, and uh, uh, then uh, go to my hotel room and and then work Monday through uh, Thursday uh, in the city and uh, worked that market really hard. And, and we were opening up new accounts all the time. Uh, I opened a place up called uh, Layalls, which uh, uh, Anthony Bourdain was uh, uh, part of that, uh, uh, is still part of that group and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and everything. And uh, uh, they were kind enough to put my beer in uh, in there and that. And I uh, had, had uh, a lot of uh, uh, great uh, times to get our product in a lot of places. But uh, I was having a hard time getting my beer into some of these uh, bigger nightclubs like the Roseland Ballroom, mm-hmm. uh, CBGB's, which was there at the time. Uh, and it was incredibly tough to get it into these better nightclubs where you could maybe do a little bit of volume and, and people would sample your product more. So along the way, I ran into the, um, a gentleman that was a part of a, a thing called the New Music Seminar. And this is back in 1993. And the New Music Seminar was the precursor to South by Southwest. And uh, South by Southwest, uh, uh, for those of you that don't, don't know, is kind of a uh, uh, independent uh, uh, music uh, uh, panelist uh, education uh, of furthering uh, uh, um, music and those type of forums. And uh, we went to uh, uh, to the new music seminar, and and uh, I ran into a guy by the name of Mark Josephson at the time, who was born in New York City, and. And he said, if you sponsor my new music seminar, I'll get your beer in the top 40 bars in New York City. And I thought, that's an offer I can't turn down. And I'll get you in the Village Voice, and we'll make a really big deal out of this thing. And and uh, I'll even bring you around one night and uh, show you what New York City is all about. And, and Mark didn't drink any beer. And, and uh, I, I was like, well, okay, this will be fantastic. So lo and behold, he gives me a list of 40 bars, and he says, uh, he says, if you have any problem with any one of those, every day I want you to come by my office and you tell me who didn't take the product. But you've got to go sell them first and try to make you – don't forget, this is New York City. You know, let's be quick about it. you got to make the sale. You the 30-second commercial really means something it, there. It does. So I went in and, uh, you know, the vast majority of people, believe it or not, said yes. Uh, because of the sponsorship, but mm-hmm. there were those that didn't. Mark, at the end of the day, would pick up the phone and say, if you don't take this guy's beer, we're not going to have that show at your establishment. And when I'd go back in to sell him the beer, they'd say, well, why didn't you tell me it was going to be a problem? And along, <laughs> <laughs> and along the way, uh, um, Mark did bring me out one night, 
And uh, that one night, we went to go see Run DMC. Mm-hmm. I went to see go to Studio 54, which was open at the time, yeah. uh, as well as uh, um, we also went to go see uh, uh, a band called Sponge, which is still around to this day, uh, as well as uh, we went to go see uh, Lisa Loeb play the number one song in the country at CBGB's, uh, and uh, she was an unsigned artist. And that night, I got to meet... Uh, 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 Joey, Joey Ramone, Hilly Crystal from uh, CBGBs, and and uh, many of the da- uh, David Geffen Record Company records mm-hmm. representatives. As a matter of fact, the following uh, week, I believe she signed a uh, million dollar cash contract to to uh, go with them at that time. So it was uh, really it was quite an evening uh, to uh, do that. But at the end, moral of the story at the end of that is is. Uh, uh, my uh, German beer Warsteiner sold terrifically in New York City uh, immediately after that, and uh, it was uh, it was a big, huge hit with uh, what was going on um, in, in in that market, and uh, it was quite fun. But New York is uh, so the sponsorship was worthwhile. The sponsorship, I'm not sure if the sponsorship was as worthwhile as Mark Josephson was at convincing people they needed to carry this beer. And that, and that, but uh, uh, it was uh, it was definitely a uh, uh, a great relationship that I had, and uh, I love New York City. I think it's a fantastic uh, place. It's great. It's great. Uh, so uh, since you're talking about getting places to carry your beer, uh, it, if I went into Great American Ballpark over the weekend to see a game. Can I get one of your beers? Uh, matter of fact, uh, you can not only get one of my beer, you can get three different styles of my beer at Great oh, American good. Ballpark. Um, you, we actually have the Moorline uh, Over the Rhine Ale, OTR. Mm-hmm. We have the Moorline Lager House, which is the house lager at the Lager House. And we also have available uh, in some locations uh, the Utipole Amber Lager, uh, which has uh, uh, been a great hit in the city of Cincinnati and the surrounding areas. Uh, you can go to the two UDF stands, the little self-serve stand, right. and you can buy a 24-ounce uh, can of the Hootapole Amber Lager uh, in those... 24-ounce uh, can? 24-ounce. That way you don't have to go back real soon. Okay, what is that, $18 a can? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, I believe it's uh, ten fifty in the oh, okay. market, which actually is a great deal when you think about it for 24 ounces of beer the, uh, at that location. And then... Uh, uh, right across the street, obviously, is the uh, Moorline Logger House, and uh, there's a, plenty of other people up there from the Holy Grail and other places, and um, most of everybody up there carries the Hootable Amber Logger, and mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. do real well with it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, in, in a can. Uh, well, you, you, you'd have to go to the, it's like a convenience store within the ballpark, and okay. everybody's beer is sold in the in the can. Right, right. And they're all valued sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm kind of laughing because those of those of you who know me know that I uh, tell people that we, we we work with a company that sold polypropylene pullets, and because they check your fanny pack and, and your, your your purse or your case to see if you're carrying in beer, uh, our polypropylene pullets have a two. A full 2.5 liter capacity. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no one will check the polypropylene pullet. Uh, just to let some of the folks know that about a, a series that we have coming up here at Sandler. We have a, a, pro, a set of programs, four classes called Networking Works. Uh, that's starting on June 4th. Uh, they run Monday mornings from 8 to 10. This is how to turn your, your networking into something highly productive that will make money for you. 
uh, we're charging uh, people who aren't in President's Club $199 to attend all four classes, and again, that'll run uh, in June, starting on June 4th. Uh, the other special program that we have coming up at the end of June is a cold call camp, teaching people how to make cold calls all day, how to break other people's voicemail, how to get uh, your calls returned uh, to the tune of 70 or 80 percent. I'm sure that's not a problem in the beer business. Everyone returns your call, right? Uh, you, you know, it, sales of sales. You 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 have to have a good format and a good system down. That's for sure. Right, and the Sandler system is is really the best system. Um, let's see. No caller. So uh, next, obviously, question is: uh, Greg, do you actually have salespeople? To sell the beer outside of the Cincinnati uh, market, where you're consuming it in the uh, Moreland Brew House, we actually uh, do have salespeople uh, ourselves. Uh, we have a distribution network of about 150 distributors uh, that sell Little King's Cream Ale in 39 states. We also sell the Burger beer in uh, uh, about 11 states. Um, and then um, Christian Moorline, believe it or not, is only sold in the greater Cincinnati market. Um, we don't sell it outside of greater Cincinnati. The same with Hootapole Amber Lager. Um, those are two brands that are uh, uh, very large sellers in this market. And everybody says, why don't you bring it out uh, across the nation? And and uh, we just uh, we have uh, decided that uh, we're going to do a slow rollout. Um, we do sell... Uh, some of our beers uh, in uh, sporadic other markets, uh, but uh, uh, it's only because of uh, uh, friends or people that have begged us to carry the beer in certain markets and that. And uh, we we do that we do we do that, but uh, um, eventually uh, we will roll it out on a much wider scale. Obviously, when you have a Christian Moorline Lager House open, which is literally the largest brew pub in the world, mm-hmm. um, you do get bigger than anything in Germany. Um, actually, uh, from a brew pub standpoint, uh, you may be thinking of beer hall. That's different uh, than a brew pub. Okay, yes. A brew pub, we actually brew beer on site, and in that, and a, a beer hall, um, that that's a you know you're bringing the beer in from the outside and, and that. So, but uh, we we are uh, um, we are blessed with uh, the sampling opportunities that uh, have been created. Uh, matter of fact, tonight uh, we're actually. Uh, uh, doing a tasting on uh, uh, on our Hootapole Summer Pilsner uh, in bars through uh, over the Rhine, and we're I'm really excited to uh, uh, go partake on the uh, on the uh, uh, pub crawl. Okay, good. That's the fun part of the sales cycle. Fun part, fun part of the sales cycle. Okay, we're going to be uh, back in about a minute, and uh, if anyone calls in, we might actually take some uh, some questions. This is Mike Roth. Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? 
If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Greg Hardman from Christian Moorline. Uh, I have kind of a question for you. Uh, for many years when I was out on the West Coast, uh, you couldn't get Coors except if you were in the, uh, the Denver area, in Colorado. If you wanted Coors uh, in L.A., it was uh, somewhat problematical to get it. And uh, I felt it was a, a marketing ploy more than a supply ploy. Uh, is, is that what's happening here? you have a marketing uh, strategy um, that makes actually, the beer exclusive? Yeah, actually, uh, we have a production problem. Um, and that we're expanding our brewery and over the Rhine literally mm-hmm. as we speak. And it's very important that uh, um, we uh, expand that production brewery currently uh, in order to uh, have all the more line come out of the local brewing operation and, uh, um, and to sell it from there. So um, I'm, I'm not really sure. I think Coors was a little bit more of the mystique and, and those type of things. And they told it was about, said it was about the water. It, yeah, it was. It was about the water. The Rocky Mountain water. <laughs> well, yeah, and and uh, um, that that could be. However, uh, uh, currently, um, you know, they they do brew cores all over the country and Miller plants and mm-hmm. vice versa because they are now Miller cores and they figured out efficiencies on that part. But our our ours is a capacity issue. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we're working very hard at uh, expanding that brewery, and we really don't want to go outside the Cincinnati market until we have a uh, a bigger capacity uh, within our our, our current uh, brewing operation no, operations. It, yes, we have more than one. We have the the, the well, more we, house. Yeah, we do have the uh, logger house uh, as well as uh, we do have the brewery in over the Rhine, and we do brew beer uh, at another brewery. Actually, we brew beer at three other breweries across the country. Uh, some of them brew uh, uh, Little King, some brew the uh, Hootapole Amber Lager, some do brew the Moorline. And uh, until we expand uh, our operations here in Cincinnati, we, we really don't want to be uh, uh, um, using anybody else's facility, um, especially for some of the unique craft beers that we're bringing out uh, in the Moorline line as we speak. As you're expanding your brewing capacity in, in over the Rhine, are you planning to uh, open your brewery there for uh, visitors like some of the other brewers? Uh, you know, we uh, we have talked about that. Um, we we traditionally, like uh, this evening, uh, try to do promotions in b- other bars around town. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, but uh, you know, we people want to take brewery tours and they do want to see it uh, firsthand. So I would anticipate that we would have a. Uh, uh, a tour facility out of the over the Rhine facility uh, sometime next year. Okay, so it does have the space for that. It does have the space. It also has some of the most awesome beer uh, underground beer lagering cellars uh, in North America that we discovered after we uh, got into the building. Uh, we discovered five massive chambers, which are underground lagering cellars from the 1800s. Wow! So that's a that's something to look forward to. Uh, what do you see as the opportunities in the marketplace and the possibilities? You know, um, for us, uh, the opportunity is uh, expansion. Um, we get asked for our beer in many other markets across the country, um, and uh, we think that uh, there's a 
real big upside in uh, craft beer. We, mm-hmm. we think that there's a big upside with uh, authenticity, uh, authentic craft beers. Uh, and uh, we also think that uh, the heritage brand on like uh, Hootapol, for instance, uh, which is a direct competitor to uh, Yinling, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we feel that we have a better product than them. And uh, I know that we use an all-malt-based product with no adjunct lagers, and I feel very confident that... Uh, is that the difference between uh, Yingling and your, your brew? Uh, that is the major difference, that we're an all-natural, all-malt-based product where they use adjuncts in their beer. What's uh, an adjunct in beer? Uh, it depends on uh, your classification of it, but it could be corn or rice. Uh, it could be any sort of other filler within the beer, uh, but particularly it's corn or rice. And, uh, uh, in the, a filler uh, in beer. I know what a wood filler is. What's a filler in beer? Oh, well, you, you instead of uh, using uh, all malt, mm-hmm. uh, you blend it with uh, uh, corn or rice, or you use corn or rice in the in the ingredients uh, of the beer, and versus uh, uh, we we use a Reinheitsgebot beer, which is an all malt-based product, and uh, uh, we have a malt, yeast, hops, and water. Uh, so we adhere to the German purity law of 1516 uh, in brewing the Hudepol brand. And uh, we know that uh, when people do a taste test of the brand head-to-head, uh, we know that Hudepol Amber Lager uh, has a, a, a better taste profile uh, than our direct competitor uh, within that category. So you've done that test many times? We actually had focus groups uh, originally really? when we uh, uh, we tested the beer. And uh, we, we took this uh, brand and we went against... Uh, uh, yinling drinkers uh, who said they were yinling drinkers mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we shared the recipe and we asked them how they felt about it and uh, uh, they, they loved the product. They, they felt that it was a, a terrific product and uh, uh, they were kind of shocked when they found out it was Hootapol Amber Lager. And mm-hmm. uh, so uh, we really feel like uh, uh, we have something with Hootapol Amber Lager. Uh, right now we have the Hootapol Summer Pills out which is uh, our summer seasonal. Then we have uh, Hootapol Oktoberfest, and then we have a Hootapol Bach beer. And uh, these are really great products, all uh, non-adjunct, 100% natural, and uh, really great products on the shelf. And uh, these great brands have been doing very, very well uh, in all of the uh, uh, major uh, retail establishments and bars. So this weekend is the Taste of Cincinnati downtown. It- are you going to have something special going for that? Yeah, we actually have uh, the uh, uh, Hootie Delight, which is part of the family of that brand, uh, is our light beer offering. We'll have the Hootapole Amber Lager, as well as uh, we'll have the Hootapole uh, Summer Pilsner uh, at the Taste of Cincinnati. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, promises to be a great weekend for it, too, the weather-wise. Yeah, and also we have a Christian Moorline booth there, too, with the full lineup of Moorlines. And if you don't want to... Uh, be out in the heat and all that, you can take a little walk down to the Moorline Lager House or other great establishments like Arnold's Bar and Grill and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the, or a nice beer garden up in uh, o- over the Rhine. Uh, Neons, uh, Milton's is a nice neighborhood bar. Uh, uh, there's a really a lot of great things happening uh, through over the Rhine, uh, and uh, it's an exciting time for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So you think do you think people are actually looking for some of these more unusual beers? I think people are tired of being marketed to. I think that they're... they're, they're, they're By Miller and Bud. I, 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 think, I think that... Uh, um, I think you could say it's Miller and Bud, but I think it's more than that. I think that, you know, we, we in America have done a great job of, uh, 
homogenizing America. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, you can find a McDonald's on every corner, you can find a, uh, a Burger King on every corner, you can find a, a Budweiser every place you go, a Miller Lite every place you go. And at the end of the day, um, when you really look at it, I think that authentic brands and people that are, you know, really uh, um, um, have something to offer that has a little bit of a point of difference, uh, I think that uh, you're going to see America uh, turning that. And the great equalizer is the Internet, like I'm at right now, about ready to do a tweet uh, mm-hmm. for uh, our Hootapole Amber Lager and Hootapole uh, Summer Pilsner promotion at some of the bars that are carrying the product fresh off the bottling line. And uh, we're really excited about that. But, uh, the, you know, social media, people want to be talked to, not marketed at. Okay. So, so there is so, a difference. So brings me to the next question. What are you doing over there at Christian Moorline uh, and the Lager House uh, for Internet? Well, what's interesting is uh, um, we have done uh, very little marketing with the Moorline Lager House. A lot of it's just been word of mouth um, and uh when you open something that is as massive as the Moorline Logger House, the press is all over it. Plus, uh, uh, we have unbelievable food. Um, my uh, uh, my business partners uh, uh, are, are great food guys. Uh, they really understand food. I'm not a restaurateur, and I don't pretend to be a restaurateur. Uh, and uh, so, whether there's there's 700 odd seats. At the uh, there's 795 seats at the wow. Marline Logger House, and we can fit in about 1,400 comfortably uh, with standing room and all that. Okay. Um, and uh, that's including outdoor beer gardens. And uh, the uh, Schmale Riverfront Park is spectacular. The views at the Moorline Logger House are literally second to none. This is the place where you bring out a town guest, you bring them down to the Moorline Logger House because it's that spectacular. And uh, it celebrates Cincinnati's grand brewing traditions. But uh, uh, our, our, our advertising has mostly been done by word of mouth and uh, people talking about us and and and, uh, and and the press who have uh, written about us. Uh, now, we do an incredible job with social media, uh, and uh, we have a pretty good-sized fan base. We do talk to customers there. We do make uh, information available on the websites, and um, um, we try to make it easy for them to, you know, see who we are and that. But uh, at the end of the day, you have to uh, interact and engage and, and, and talk to people. So are you using an outside agency, or are you guys doing that all in-house? Uh, we do the bulk of our advertising in-house. Uh, we do have uh, some outside uh, agency help uh, on specific uh, uh, functions uh, that we need. Um, and uh, uh, But uh, Christian Moorline Brewing Company uh, does the uh, bulk of the, uh, uh, of, of the branding for everything that we do, um, particularly on all of the, uh, on the beer brands. Um, and, and that, but uh, uh, we did have an outside agency that helped us out uh, uh, with some of our branding. Uh, it's the creative department in Over the Rhine, mm-hmm. and uh, they were very helpful uh, uh, on helping us uh, um, brand some of the different aspects of the Moorline Logger House, like some of our beer clubs and and our, our menus, and and uh, uh, they also help with uh, quite a bit of our graphic design. Yeah, uh, speaking of, of, of that, I believe sometime coming up this summer. The uh, Rotary Club of Cincinnati, which I'm part of, proud to say I'm part of, is going to be having one of their meetings at the Lager House. Uh, I don't remember the date. I wish I could tell everyone, but I 
I don't have it at the tip of my tongue. Uh, but most most evenings, uh, what kind of a weight can people exper- expect to experience when they uh, want to eat down at the the river at the lager house? Well, it, it, when you look at the uh, Moorline Lager House and everything that we're doing down there, um, it's uh, quite a phenomenal place. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it has wonderful food, uh, an unbelievable beer list, um, a, a uh, um, freshly brewed beers right on site. Uh, it is literally the brewing mecca uh, of Cincinnati, and and. Uh, um, we are available on uh, uh, Open Table, where you can uh, look up a reservation. You can call us at 513-421-2337. That's 421-BEER. And uh, as well as... Uh, That's a great telephone number. As well as, uh, uh, in addition to that, uh, um, you know, we do have uh, it, it peak times, heavyweights, but... You know, there, there are times you can come in, like uh, right after the ball game starts. Uh, we do have some open tables at that time, um, as well as uh, uh, early in the week, uh, middle of the day, uh, and those type of things. And uh, um, But it's interesting. When people come to the logger house, mm-hmm. what we found, um, not only do we get, we have, we have people from all over the world that have been coming in to see this place. It's so magnificent. And they're staying, and they're talking about what other places in town they can go to. And we 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 are very closely affiliated with the Over the Rhine Brewery District because mm-hmm. beer used to travel from the brewery district on Main Street right down past the Logger House of the Port of Cincinnati. And if you follow that same trail and you go up into Over the Rhine, you can go into Cincinnati's oldest saloon, Arnold's, uh, which started in 1861. Uh, you can go into some great beer gardens uh, like uh, uh, Neons. Uh, you can also go into places like uh, Japs, which has some of the finest cocktails in town. Um, Molly Wellman is a fantastic bartender and uh, very much from the old school, the great things she's doing. Uh, you have great neighborhood bars like Milton's. You have some of the finest uh, uh, musical clubs and motor. Uh, you also have... Uh, uh, a great uh, upstart restaurant with Mayberry, uh, some other great music clubs like Mr. Pitiful's and and uh, uh, the Drinkery and places like that are really. Sounds like we have a beer trail. We we do, and 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 uh, you but know, on the I, 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 you know, it's it, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of a discovery thing, and you know, I don't know that that any of those locations that I mentioned are ever going to be like massive ad campaigns because mm-hmm. that's not what they do. What they do is they give great customer service and a lot of fun. So I, I would say that, uh, you know, if you're looking at uh, uh, connecting to our brewing heritage, uh, there's there's a great there's a great line of places to go that you can do that with. Mm. Okay. Let's take a, uh, a short uh, commercial break and we'll be right back. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. 
If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth. I'm back here with Greg Hartman. Uh, Greg, we were talking about the beer trail in Cincinnati. It seems like... (laughs) A great idea to have a bourbon trail in uh, northern Kentucky, but or in Kentucky, you might as well have a, a beer trail here well, in Cincinnati. What's interesting of that is uh, I'm actually the president of the Over the Rhine Brewery District Community Urban Redevelopment Corporation, and you can check out all the great things that our, our group does at uh, uh, www.otrbrewerydistrict.org. And if you check out that website, you'll see that we have a master plan, and within that master plan, uh, the number one objective that we have uh, is to uh, have a uh, Cincinnati Heritage Brewing Trail, and uh, we're really excited about that. We're working hard on that, and uh, I think that there's so many great things that uh, can come of that. We have such great brewing sites. We have such great breweries right now, I mean, uh, uh, in Cincinnati, uh, uh, and uh um, we uh, we feel that uh, celebrating our past and present uh, history in that uh, is really going to put Cincinnati on the map. So uh, we are working on a Cincinnati um, uh, brewery trail, and uh, it's the same type of thing. And uh, you can check that out again at www.otrbrewerydistrict.org. Good. Let me ask you this, uh, this question. I've always had a business philosophy that complex problems will not be solved with simple solutions. Simple solutions may work on simple problems, but complex problems require complex solutions. Uh, Maybe you could share with uh, our audience a complex problem which you guys ran into and the complex solution or the theory of the complex solution that they might be able to apply to their business or industry. Well, I'll give you a really great example is that uh, when I first bought Christian Moorline. I had, at that moment, no intention of buying any of the other Cincinnati beer brands. Mm-hmm. Um, I My intention was to be a craft brewer, and Christian Moorline was uh, uh, one of the pioneer craft brands of the current craft beer movement. Matter of fact, it, it was the uh, first craft beer sold commercially east of the Mississippi. The one sold west of the Mississippi was Ankerstein. And I felt like uh, Christian Moorline was a, uh, a very great brand that uh, needed to be uh, uh, cultivated more. And it had a couple of major selling points. One was that uh, uh, it was the first American beer to pass the German purity law. Mm-hmm. It was also uh, one of the pioneer craft brands of today's craft beer movement. When I bought the brand, uh, it became apparent immediately when all of Cincinnati, it felt like, and all of the great heritage they had, they would send me emails or letters or voice messages or phone calls or stop me in a bar, and they would say things to me like, you know, geez, Greg, my, my uncle, my father, my mother, my cousin, they worked at, you know, the Utapol Brewery or the Shaneling Brewery or the or the Burger Brewery or the Hauk Brewery or on and on and on. I mean, these are tens of thousands of people. And they literally would not let go of the fact that I was going to return Christian Moorline to its local ownership and local production. Mm -hmm. They couldn't get by the fact that they said, you need to be the one to bring back Unipol, 
Beauty Delight, Beauty 14K, Burger Beer, Little King's Cream Ale. And I said, no, I don't. I don't have to be the one with that. My mm-hmm. plan, my, my so plan, how did they contact you? Uh, well, via the Internet, email, uh, phone. Really? Uh, they'd call me at my house. They'd see me in a bar promotion and stop me. They'd write letters. It was crazy. I mean, there was literally a thousand examples of people contacting us. So um, what happened was is I thought about it for about two years, and I had a first right of refusal on these brands. And finally, I was forced into a position of uh, someone else wanted to buy those beer brands. Mm. And it was an out-of-town owner. And at that moment, I thought, you know, if I don't buy these beer brands and bring them back to Cincinnati, Cincinnati is never, ever, ever going to forgive me. They're going over the wire. They're going. They're, they're, they're going. They, 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 that's it. They're going to be mad and pissed off, and 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 uh, I'm I'm never going to be able to live this down. And it was an incredibly complex problem because at the time I was putting all my eggs in the basket to bring back Christian Moorline and all my brand development and putting together a production brewery. And now if I was going to turn from being that production brewery and and, and doing my plan. Now I had to all of a sudden bring back all of Cincinnati's beer brands. I mean, they don't hand these things away for zero. You, I had to go buy them all. And, you had and to come up with it, some hard cash? You had to come up with this thing called M-O-N-E-Y. Mm. And, uh, and, and literally, it was a very complex problem. So uh, I thought about it, and one day I decided, okay, I'm going to put buy all these beer brands. It's going to cost me from opening that local brewery in the meantime but I had uh, good production. I was using somebody else's kitchen at the moment where I was uh, utilizing their kitchen, but it was my chef, my brewmaster, my ingredients, and, and I might have to live with that a little longer, and I'll have that small minority of people that will be on me because I'm not brewing beer here yet, but they don't understand business, really. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that you know I couldn't do one without the other. So I then went and decided to strategically change my focus and I went on a rampage to buy all the other Cincinnati beer brands and make sure that I got them all. And one by one, I returned them. I kept bringing them back, bringing them back to where they're all back. But that So it wasn't like one package where you got 29 different brands? Actually, uh, it was one package where you got about 67 different brands. Wow. However, uh, you have to remember the fact that uh, Little Kings was sold in about 35 states at the time and had some severe volume to it. So, you know, that was going to cost a lot more money than what I was willing to put out at the time. Um, but I did find uh, um, uh, an investment banker mm-hmm. uh, that uh, did uh, uh, work with me on uh, um, basically uh, uh, I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. And uh, and, and so he, uh, uh, he basically uh, uh, worked with me very, very uh uh, carefully on uh, uh, being able to purchase the brand, and I guarantee him, guaranteed him a rate of return on his investment every single year, mm-hmm. as long as the brand was in his hand, and um, he would then uh, sell me the brand of beer, uh, which was Little King's Cream Ale, because uh, I had to close this deal in like two weeks when they when they when they offered me this first rate of refusal. So it was a it was a major problem, but. Uh, I had a lot of friends in the industry. I had an excellent track record. Um, you know, people people bank on people that uh, uh, are trustworthy, uh, have long track records. Um, 
my whole industry was in the beer industry, mm-hmm. and uh, I was able to pull that deal off uh, uh, rather r- miraculously. But uh, even though that happened in 2006, I never fully owned the Little Kings brand until December 31st of 2008. And uh, we signed that deal uh, at that time to uh, gain full control of that brand. Um, but uh, it, it's uh, uh, we took a complex problem. Um, we made it more complex by adding more brands to it, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, but we uh, changed our strategic focus uh, uh, to uh, bring all the brands back and did category management within the brand categories. You know, we, we have a budget beer in the burger beer. We have a, a near premium in the uh, UD Delight and UD mm-hmm. 14K. We have a premium beer in the Hootapole Amber Lager, which is doing fantastic. Uh, we have a uh, super premium brand in the Little King's Cream Ale, and we have a craft brand in the Moorline Lagers and Ales. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, back in the day, each one of these brewing companies had their own name, and where uh, uh, the, the the companies all started out as Christian Moorline, mm-hmm. then they moved to become through Utipol, then it was Utipol Shaneling, and then Utipol Shaneling fell on hard times, and then my Christian Moorline Brewing Company brought it all back, which is, you know, Full circle on everything. So that, that, that's a great story. Uh, but just another uh, point on the story that maybe I, I missed. So you had an investment banker that put together all of the investors, so you didn't have to deal with them. Um, I have. Uh, I w- when you do what I do, um, you have investment bankers very close to you, and uh, uh, I have a. Uh, I do have a, a group of investment bankers that I work with very uh, closely, um, and uh, uh, that group uh, is uh, Cincinnati Growth Partners in here in town, mm-hmm. and uh, we work very uh, side-by-side on uh, uh, everything I do from every major strategic decision and, and those type of things. So uh, um, I've been working very close with uh, Cincinnati Growth Partners for a long time. Uh, they're, they're on the web, and um, we, we're... Uh, before I uh, uh, decided to uh, leave, leave Varsteiner, um, we decided that uh, I wanted to explain, you know, who I was, what I was all about, and whether I was crazy to do these deals. And mm-hmm. along the way, they said, um, no, you're not crazy. These things have legs, and it's a well-thought-out business model. So we move very rapidly towards uh, pulling this all off. And I'm very proud to say that uh, after many years of hard work, uh, we now have uh, – uh, the largest brew pub in the world on the banks of the Ohio River in Cincinnati. And uh, I'm very proud to say Cincinnati has all this grand brewing tradition and all its great heritage brands back. Great. Uh, Greg, I'm going to uh, give you a copy of Sandler's new book, uh, Success Principles. I'm sure you've been terribly successful so far, but you might want to try some of these 11 success principles. This book was released about three weeks ago now and has moved to a number one status seller over at uh, Amazon.com in the category of uh, business sales books. So you can take that, and we'll make sure that you you, you leave with a couple of million dollars uh, so you can expand your brewery. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll be, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 Nine four zero zero.